0: Good morning, Whitewater family. How are we this morning? Good. Well, my name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here at Whitewater. Welcome to church this morning. Let's get ready to, uh, I want to take just a moment and pray, but before we do and get into this uh, story that I want to talk about, spiritual conversations with Jesus, I want to tell you something that happened this week. It was part funny and part such A revelation to me about us and how we do family and how we love on people you know I walked into um, my house I came home and when I walked through the door I heard this incredible screaming and if you know as a parent you know um, by the way I have four kids from 21 to 10 so those of us that have kids you know what I'm about to say when you hear a certain scream right because as parents you hear your kids scream and you go Okay, that's not a real cry, right? We just, you know, that's just, there's just something going on, but that's not a real cry. And then all of a sudden you hear your kids scream a certain scream that you know, okay, something's wrong here. Well, I walked into the house like this, and as I walked into the house and and heard this scream and I walked into my son's bedroom, I saw ultimate chaos happening as I walked in. And he was screaming and I looked around the room and there was a fort being made, you know, really thick blankets, very small tacks, right? Trying to put up all these blankets. And as I looked uh, on the floor, I saw the jar that's normally completely full of tacks. You know where this is going. And the tacks were spilt all over the floor. So my son, in complete chaos, is screaming at the top of his lungs, hanging onto his foot. And my my daughter is just standing there with eyes, like, completely wide open in a complete... A fog not knowing what to do because she's never heard her brother scream like that my oldest son was there and he was doing everything he could to help our his brother my youngest son calm down and as I walked in saw the chaos I walked in with just you know incredible amount of peace calmness I walked into the chaos and I said okay I said Easton I need you to look at mom And he's just, remember, keep in mind, when I say this, he's freaking out, he's flailing, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm like, Levi, or not Levi, Easton, this is what happens when you have a lot of kids, you start going through the names until you land on the right one, right? Am I right? Okay, so I said, Easton, look at mom. What was I doing? I was helping him to get his focus off of the pain and chaos and onto peace. And I'm standing here completely peaceful. I I really kind of snuggle up next to him. That's a mom word, but for the rest of us, we might just, you know, grab right next to somebody. And I'm just standing here full of compassion, letting him know I'm with him. But I'm telling him at the same time, buddy, you have to trust me. I know you trust mom. You have to let me look at your foot. Because I don't know at this point if I got 10 tacks stuck in a foot or if I got one tack. The way he's screaming, I'm thinking he's got 10 tacks stuck in his foot. And so he's screaming, and I said, okay, calm down. He calms down, I said, you got to let me look. And you know, do you remember this? It's like, I don't want to look at my foot. So he lets me look at his foot, and there's one tack in there. Got it, okay? Completely calm, completely peaceful. And I say to him, okay, son, you're going to have to let me take this out. What am I telling to him in this moment of pain and chaos? Son, let me lead you to peace. Just let me take that tack out. And he just starts flailing, it's going to hurt if you take it out. And I'm like, okay, got it. It's going to hurt. Son, calm down. I look at my daughter. I'm like, it's going to be okay because she's never seen her brother freak out. And I said, let me see your foot one more time. And like ninja lightning, you know, I pulled that tack out. And he went from ah! to complete. Oh, it's not that bad. I said, yeah. I said, son, sometimes you just got to let people help you. And what am I saying? Sometimes we just got to let people of peace help us, shepherd us. And I realized in that moment, we can be, many of us can be in the, in the situation of Easton, where the tack of life is just plaguing and killing our feet. And it's not a joking matter, it's a reality. And then some of us in this room today, the Lord might be speaking to us about being shepherds, who see chaos, but walk into chaos, full of peace, full of faith. We might not know the situation that's going on, but guess what? We can come with peace, and we can assess, and we can help the situation. And this is what I see in Matthew chapter nine, verse uh, uh, Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-five. The story of two journeys. It really is the story of the sheep and the shepherd. And I want us to think about the story from this perspective. It's Jesus talking to us today as disciples. We're the disciples in this story as you follow along with me. And he's talking about sheep. And you know what he's saying to his disciples? You no longer need to be sheep because you have me, the, the shepherd, with you. But guess what? Jesus is about to leave planet Earth. And he needs shepherds to shepherd the people who do not know the shepherd and don't have a shepherd. And so he's talking to us today in the scripture as disciples to be a shepherd, because we have the shepherd. So let me pray, and then we're going to get into this. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. We're going to be there. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear you, Holy Spirit, and a mind that knows you and understands you. We're completely open to you this morning. Teach us about sheep and teach us about being a shepherd today. Holy Spirit, nobody knows us like you. So thank you that you're speaking to us today through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read this to you in verse 35. It says this. Oh my goodness, I forgot my glasses. (laughs) Yes, that would be amazing, husband. Thank you. Because at my age, I really can't see the script very well. I'm going to bring it out into the light until he brings me my glasses. Let's read this. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages. Okay, what's happening in verse 35 is that Jesus is showing us what he's done. And he wants us to do exactly what he does. Thank you. And so, follow along with me because I want to take a moment and just break this down because I think sometimes we read what Jesus does and we count ourselves, we discredit ourselves and think we can't do it. And the reality is, most of us are probably already experiencing and already doing what Jesus says to do. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages. Do we not go through our city every day? Do you not drive through a city? And it says, And village. And what's a village? It's our neighborhoods. I mean, just think how practical this is for a minute. Every day, I'm trying to really encourage us to let you know you're already doing this. There's just one element of the scripture that Jesus is wanting us to see that we probably haven't seen before. He's saying, as you go through the cities and villages, neighborhoods, this is what Jesus did, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. I think sometimes we read that and we go, okay, I'm out. I can't heal diseases. Okay, but let me break this down for you. I can't teach. But but watch this. Teaching isn't always up here on a platform doing what we do. You know when teaching, I mean, this is really rarity that we're up on the platform considering how many days and hours of the week we live and talk to people. Teaching can just be one-on-one and just talking to people about how you do life, especially how you do life with God. That's teaching and proclaiming the gospel. Man, as you're talking to people about how you do life, you're just talking to them about how good God is, that God actually is not mad at them. He actually loves them. That's just proclaiming the gospel. What does proclaiming mean? Declaring, announcing something important with emphasis And healing every disease and affliction. Okay, let's not be intimidated by that verse for just a moment. Let's break this down. What is the definition of disease? Think of this. It's just dis-ease in a human. Okay, let me give you the definition. It means disorder of structure or function in a human. It also means confusion of structure or function in a human. The Greek definition of disease, is lacking strength. It also means sickness and infirmities. And affliction means something that causes pain or suffering. What is Jesus saying to us that he did? He said, this is what people were dealing with. This is who the sheep were. This is what they were struggling with. And this is what he saw. So as we're driving through our cities and our neighborhoods, He's telling us who to look for. Those that have dis-ease going on on the inside of them. And he's saying, this is what's happening. This is why I came. This is why I'm the shepherd. Why? Because the spiritual people, the religious people of that day were not doing their job. They were not shepherding. They were not taking care of the sheep, which are people. They were not looking out for them. They were not protecting them. They were not building bridges to them. So Jesus comes on the scene and says, this is what I'm doing. All right. Let's read this. In verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds. This is where it gets really, really good. Because Jesus needs us to see people beyond just our comfort place. And here sometimes can be our comfortable place is our families and our friends that's great. Don't don't discredit what I'm saying. Reach your family and friends. But do you know what? Jesus is modeling to us much, much more. He's saying there is a whole city you live in. There's a whole neighborhood you live in. And as you go through these places, when you're at your workplace, when you're not with your family, not with your friends, but you're at schools, look around. There's crowds of people who are at dis-ease. It's going on on the inside of him. He says, look around. I need you to see more than your friends and more than your family. And guess what? In this day and age, he's gonna need us to do more than just text. Texting is great. It's a great start. Don't not text. It's an amazing start. But you know what I really believe God is asking of us? To do the next step. And I don't know where we are in our process with the Lord on our next step, but He does. Because people need more than just a friendly text. People need more than just an Instagram story. People need you and I as the disciples, as shepherds, to walk alongside them. Because we know the shepherd and they need a shepherd. And here's what he says. He saw the crowds and he had compassion for them. Do you know what the Greek definition of compassion means? It means to love. So when he saw the crowds of people, large numbers of people, and the Greek definition of crowd just means common people. When he saw them, he had love for them. Why? Because the spiritual people of that day were not doing their job and he saw their disease and affliction. He saw that they were not being provided for and protected. He knew they didn't have the shepherd or a shepherd. And hear how beautiful is this in this passage of scripture. The disciples have the shepherd walking alongside of them because at this point in their life they're sheep. But in this passage of scripture, he's saying you don't need to be sheep any longer. Just step on over and be a shepherd and I'm going to show you how because I'm walking with you disciples. I'm the shepherd walking with you, showing you how to do this. But there's a day coming in scripture, you see, where he leaves planet earth and he sends his Holy Spirit to you and I today to be able to be shepherds in our cities and in our neighborhoods alongside more than our friends and family. So he says he had compassion for them. Here's why. Because they were harassed and helpless. And I love this part right here. This is where he begins to talk to us about sheep. He said, they're harassed and helpless like sheep. Anytime I see in scripture, the word of God describing me as a human, like an animal, I want to know what he's talking about. I'm not a farm girl. I'm originally from Alaska. I'm not a farm girl. I don't know what sheep do. I have no idea. I see them on TV or on planet, wild planet or whatever that is. I don't know what they do. But I, but I need to know what they do because he's saying, look, you need to see them like I see them. So here, let me tell you a little bit about sheep. I want to understand why are they harassed and helpless? Well, sheep are susceptible to disease. Okay, so every time I mention sheep, I want you to think people. They're susceptible to disease, to dis-ease. dis-ease. I told you what that was. It's lacking strength, has sickness and infirmities. They have disorders, confusion. I know this is going to trigger your mind as you drive through the city, as you go to your workplaces, as you go to school, as you go to your neighborhood, you're going to know, you're going to see there are people who are sick. There are people who are dis-ease on the inside of them. And do you know what the biggest threat to sheep is? I This blew my mind. I actually got super excited for this revelation. Exhaustion. The biggest threat to a sheep is exhaustion. Because you know what happens when sheep get exhausted? They abandon their lambs. You know what that really means? They abandon their purpose for being a sheep. So when we sheep get exhausted, when the people we see around us are exhausted, the strangers that you see exhausted, they're no longer your strangers. Jesus is wanting you to see them like he sees them. And they're no longer strangers, but they're exhausted. And when people are exhausted, they abandon their purpose. And if we're in this room today as sheep and we're not recognizing ourselves as disciples and we are, we are saying, okay, I'm exhausted. I understand sheep. That's okay. That's why we have the shepherd. That's why you're here today because you know the shepherd. And the shepherd is going to help us move from being an exhausted sheep to a shepherd. You know, really all you have to do is just be one step ahead of somebody. And what I mean by one step ahead is, man, if you know Jesus and they don't, you already are one step ahead. Just letting somebody know about how good he has been in your life. Man, you can really help. We can really help someone who's exhausted. And then he says this. They're sheep without a shepherd. So the religious people of their day are not doing their job He's come on the scene and he's modeling to the disciples because a day is coming where he's physically no longer walking on the planet, but he's sending his Holy Spirit to his disciples to empower them to do and be a shepherd that walks alongside people. Here's what a shepherd's primary responsibility is number one is safety and welfare. It literally said, as I was studying about sheep and modern-day shepherds, and this is from the USDA Agricultural, I did, I did a, a study on it. It literally says, they lead them, listen to this, you can't make this stuff up, they lead them constantly into good green pasture. That's what it says. That sounds really familiar. I think I saw something in the Bible, Psalms 23, verse 1 through 6. I'm going to read just a part of it. This is King David talking about his shepherd, the shepherd. And this is what the shepherd does for us. And it's also a model of what we do as a shepherd for people. Psalms 1 through 3, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you know when we know the Lord as our shepherd, Scripture says we lack nothing. So in those moments where we feel absolutely alone and we have nobody, the truth is, if you know the shepherd, it's a lie. We lack nothing. It says, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Green pastures are places of peace. He leads me beside quiet, still waters. Ah, Doesn't that just make you sit here and go, ah. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake. Shepherds continue to take care of the sheep. They're on call. Around the clock. And I love this when I was studying again about the modern day shepherd. It says this. They're responsible to administer basic medical care. You know why? Because sheep are often far away. They're in isolated places away from the veterinarian. In modern day. And I read this and I said, this is is no different for us as shepherds, spiritual shepherds. We're to give basic care to people because the people that we see that are outside of our comfort zones, we might call them strangers, but all of a sudden God is causing us to see them in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. And we're to give basic care to them. Why? Because they're far from God. They don't know peace like you know peace. You are the closest thing to them. And God needs us to build bridges to them. And verse 37, it says this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest, the disciples, he's talking to us. The harvest, that means the people, the sheep, those with dis-ease are plentiful. They're abundant. There's many. There's massive. They're all over. But the laborers are few. Laborers are you and I. We're the shepherds that he's talking about. Do you know what the definition of laborer means? I had to stick this in here. It means unskilled worker. Do you know why? Because sometimes I think we discredit ourselves because we don't have the skill of so-and-so. We don't know how to do this. I'm not that spiritual. I don't know the word. We have all these reasons that are skill reasons why we can't reach somebody outside of our comfort zone. And he's saying in scripture, man, the sheep are many, but the unskilled shepherds are few. He says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What is he saying? He's saying you and I are the bridge. We're the shepherd. We're the laborer. We're the unskilled worker. And you don't have to have a skill. Do you know all he needs us to do is just show Up. Remember this in your heart and your mind. Just show up. Because I really believe after today and going forward, as we open up our heart to God and begin to say, Lord, Help me to see people outside of my comfort zone. And I guarantee you, you've already been seeing them. You're just in that moment where you're like, I'm not sure I can step out. I don't know them. This is weird. But you can can sense the prompting on the inside, which, by the way, is the Holy Spirit. He's designed to do that on the inside of us. That's how God speaks to us, one of the ways. But as he prompts you to like, should I go talk? Should I step out? Should I go help? The answer is yes. All you have to do is just show up. I believe you're going to hear these words as God now begins to show you people. You're going to hear the words, just show up. That's all he needs us to do. And then he says, here's how, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Remember what prayer is? It's just talking to God. He needs you to talk to him. But when you talk to him, scripture says, do it earnestly. It means fervently, purposefully. And then who are you to pray to? It says right here, to the Lord of the harvest. Well, who's the Lord of the harvest? The one, the shepherd who's in charge of the people, full of dis-ease. And where is he sending us out? Well, first of all, he's sending us as disciples. This is what he's saying to the disciples. We need more disciples. We need more shepherds to be sent out. And where is he sending us out? To where the common people are at. And where are the common people at? Outside of our comfort zone. They're all around us. You drive through neighborhoods, cities all the time. So what is Jesus ultimately saying? He's saying, be the unskilled shepherd that builds a bridge By just showing up for the sheep, for the people, and lead them to green, peaceful pasture. Well, what's a peaceful pasture? Maybe that's church. Maybe that's inviting someone to church, and that's a peaceful pasture for them. It's a place of peace. Maybe it's just you showing up and praying for that person right there on the spot as they begin to talk and tell you. When they're done telling you, because they have to take a breath somewhere, so don't worry about cutting them off. I used to do this. Can I pray for you? And I never let them even get their story out. Well, you know what? I've since grown and learned that if you just let them talk somewhere, they have to breathe. And they'll take a breath. And when they take a breath, just show up and say, can I pray for you? Maybe that's the peaceful moment for them, the peaceful place. That's the bridge you build for them. Or maybe it's just inviting somebody to your house for dinner. You mean random strangers? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And maybe that's a placeful peace for them. And it's building a bridge to them. Let me show you, let me give you a visual of what I'm talking about on how you're the bridge and how you just show up. This X right here on this block, on this cement block, can you see it? That X marks the spot of a peaceful pasture. Again, I don't know what the Lord is asking of you. I don't know if He's saying invite somebody to church. I don't know if He's saying invite them to your house. I don't know if he's asking you to get out of your comfort zone and pray for somebody, whatever that is. But that's the goal that we're trying to get to. That's that's the place we're trying to help people get to is that X marks the spot, that that peaceful pasture. And he needs us to just show up. So when we just show up, it's like laying the bridge down. You become this literal bridge for people. And you're leading them and taking them to a peaceful pasture. Do you remember when I talked about Easton and I showed up to a moment of chaos? Sometimes God just needs us to show up to people in their moments and places of utter chaos. And maybe we look at that chaos and go, oh, I don't want anything to do with it. But maybe God has been speaking to you to be the bridge to lead them out into a green, peaceful place. And you're the person that can do that. Or maybe, man, these have been different places in my life. I was at the airport one day. And, uh, and uh, an airport's in a, in a city, right? So I'm going through the city. I'm going to find myself in an airport. And I go to sit down in the food court area. And as I sit down and open up my computer getting ready to do business before I'm getting ready to board a plane... I look over out of the corner of my eye and I just happen to catch this little old Cambodian lady. I just happen to see her. But this is what I mean about just showing up and being a bridge for somebody. One of the ways I do that is every single day before I leave my driveway, before I put my, my kids can tell you this, as I put my car in reverse and I leave the driveway, Father, give me eyes to see who you need me to see today. Give me ears to hear what you hear about them today. Lord, if there's anybody who needs to be reconciled back to you some way, somehow, let me know, let me see who that is and how you want me to do it. I don't assume, I know. And this was that day because I pray it every day before I leave my house. And throughout the day, no joke, ask my kids. They'll be like, Mom, what are you doing? I'm just praying. What are you praying? I'm praying, give me eyes to see today. People that I wouldn't normally see. And I'm at the airport and I normally don't always see people because I'm thinking about work and where I'm going. But this day I look over and the Holy Spirit just shows me this little old lady. And she's cleaning up. And this is that moment where I'm just showing up and building a bridge. I don't even know what kind of peaceful pasture she needs yet. I'm just showing up. And this is what I mean by outside your comfort zone. This is a random stranger. I don't know her. So I walk over to where she is, and she's cleaning up food. And I begin to help her clean up food. And as I'm helping, she's just looking at me like, what are you doing? She's probably thinking I'm trying to do her job. And she's looking at me, and I said, hi, can I help you pick up food? No, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. I said, okay. I said, do you need anything? Can I, can I help you with anything? She's looking at me super weird. No? Okay, great. I'm just going to sit over here. If you need something, feel free to come sit down. And I'm thinking I'm off the hook. I'm done. I did my job, Jesus. I'm shaking. I go, good, because I don't know this person. I'm taking a big risk. She's going to think I'm crazy. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down, right? I just showed up. I'm thinking I'm off the hook. I'm sitting down typing away on my computer and guess who comes and sits down at my table? Put my computer up and she just starts talking to me about her family and her her culture and she believes in Buddha and all of these things which are great, fantastic. I'm half Japanese, got it, my family got it but I don't got it because I don't really know a lot about that. I didn't grow up. I'm an American-Japanese, right? So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, great. I know a little bit about Buddha. I think I can help her out. And as she's talking and she stops, I just looked at her because I knew in that moment the green, peaceful pasture was going to be prayer because I might as well not talk about what I don't know about. I don't really know all all her culture. But what I do know, what I have, I can give her, and that's the bridge. I said, can I pray for you? Oh, yes. So I pray for her. And when I'm done praying for her, I said, You know what? Who we pray to today, there's a book that talks all about him. Do you want that book? Can I leave you that book? Yes. And then I realized I don't have a Bible on me. Just one moment. I didn't abandon the mission. I ran to a bookstore, and I'm thinking, please, God, let there be a Bible in there. And for sure, there were Bibles in the bookstore. I bought our Bible, came back, and I said, I gotta catch the plane. Can I leave you this Bible? Please read it. When I come back through here, I'll look for you. And she took it, and away I went. What did I do in that moment? I led her to a peaceful place. And it's up to God to do whatever he needs to do from here. I haven't seen her yet. The other, the other... Um, time I was in Africa go back there quite often and as I was going to the hotel on a regular basis there's this young kid always in the food area and remember I'm praying every day all the time not a joke I'm really praying give me eyes to see people let me know how to help them lord I don't I don't know I'm in Africa what do I know I don't know I'm new to Africa and this kid was just always there and I just the lord helped me to just see him like And my heart's racing, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is that moment. And I just showed up. I said, hey, how are you? Good, ma'am. I mean, they're very proper. And I said, hey, can I pray for you for anything? What's that? That's me showing up. That's my peaceful pasture. That's a place I'm confident in. Ma'am, wherever you're confident, let that be the bridge. That You just show up and let that be the place that you lead them to a peaceful place. And as I began to pray for him, he just began to weep. And I said, Juno, I said, do you not have a home church? No, ma'am, I don't have a home church. All right, I'm going to lead you to a home church. And I, I'm barely new to Africa. I don't, even know, I don't even know where I'm at in Africa, I'll be honest. But as I began to figure out the lay of the land, here's what I did. I came back that night, and I said, okay, we're going to go out. I said, Juno, are you going to be here? Yeah, I'm going to be here. What time do you get off? Okay, so we planned our trip about the time he got off. And I said, okay, meet me in the lobby. And he's looking at me like, I don't even know you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know you either, but I'm just going to go with this. And he shows up, and I said, okay, we're going to go eat dinner. Get in the car with us. I'm going to take you, and we're going to introduce you to some people who go to church. <laughs> that was my big, grand plan. And God did so many great things with it. Why? Because I just was willing to show He had nothing. And now, when I've gone back, he's completely in church and with the family of God, no longer lonely. That's the power of just showing up. What I want to do right now is have the band come on up. And as they come up, if you'd stand up with me, we're going to close with this worship moment and song. But here's what I want to say to us today. I really believe those of us in this room, this is a moment as we begin to worship to ask God, Lord, help me in this moment to see people like you see people. Help me to go beyond my comfort zone. And you know what? The beauty about just leaving it blank like that, the beauty of that is that God gets to be your God in this moment. I can't tell you what your comfort zone is, but God already knows, but all he needs you to do in this moment is just say, Lord, in this time of worship, maybe for some of us our eyes are closed, or maybe for some of us is raising our hands, or maybe for some of us just talking to God in this moment or singing a song and opening up our heart is the point that says, Lord, help me to see people like you need me to see them outside of my comfort zone. And maybe for some of us, it's like, Lord, help me to be the shepherd, to move from being a sheep, because I know you, to being a shepherd for people. And then maybe for some of us, you completely can't even think about a shepherd. You're just a sheep, and that's beautiful, because here's what I want you to know about the beauty of being a sheep. The shepherd is here to tell you, I see you. I value you. That's what he was saying in Matthew nine thirty-five and 36. He was saying, I see the disease. I see the affirmities, infirmities. I see the affliction. And I value you. And I'm with you. And I'm for you. That's the beauty of the shepherd. And then as the sheep, you know what else he's saying? I'm going to send shepherds to you. But as the sheep, you got to open up your heart to God that says, Lord, help me to see the shepherd so that I don't push them away. Because see, shepherds do life with people. That's what we do at Whitewater. That's who we are at Whitewater. We love God and we do life with people. But I just believe God is asking us outside of our comfort zone. Don't be surprised if you leave here today and you're going to immediately, God's going to say, I need you to not text, call this person. Uh, I got to physically call. Yes. Don't shut that off. Don't shut that off. Just decide. I'm going to show up and make the call. Whatever it is he's asking you to do. Father, I thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you move in such great ways that we have the ability to hear you and see you and that we're taking the next step that you're asking us to take and as we worship with you thank you that we hear from you and father for those of us that find ourselves exhausted as sheep dealing with the tack of life stuck in us in this moment may we know how much you love us and may we know that you see us In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's worship.